Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Stacy Brass Russell, who's the head of Stacy Brass Russell Coaching. And we're talking today about change. I have found that people struggle over and over again with change and ultimately becoming the person that they want to become. And frankly, how do I really change and evolve my business into the organization that I want it to be? How do I get to that point that I envision it finally getting to, whether that's sales, whether that's revenue, what have you? I loved my conversation with Stacy because she's going to be sharing about how do you really embrace change and evolve into the person that you are envisioning. I loved this episode. You're going to enjoy it too. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Sitting down today with a good friend of mine, Stacey Brass Russell. She is coming all the way from New York City. She's the founder of Inspired Evolution, and she believes that humans are designed to evolve. We're going to talk about what that means today. She's an evolution coach. She's also a business strategist. You might be thinking, what? how do these things go hand in hand? We're going to talk about it today. Stacey, it's great to have you here. It is great to be here, Blake. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's funny, as I introduced you to the podcast, I was like, this is my good friend. And as I was saying it, I was like, I don't even know this person. But we we it's it's so funny. I love I almost wish the audience could be in on like the first words that are spoken because you and I, we've only exchanged a couple of emails, but it's always so fun when I get someone on the podcast where just in the first few words, it's like, okay, there's a connection here with this person. Like I can already tell we, there's, there's, we're we're just vibing. So I I think we'd be friends. I mean, there's (laughs) a, there's a vibe there, but um, first of all, I am so appreciative of you making the time to come on the podcast. Second of all, I'm really excited for some of the insights you're going to share with the audience today. First things, first. And I I keep joking that I'm going to stop talking about COVID. And yet month after month after month, I'm like, yeah, there's still COVID. How are you doing right now? Mm, Thank you so much for asking that. Um, You know, I'm doing, I'm doing well, actually. Um, You know, I, this has been a very interesting time Uh, when it first, when it, when the virus first started, obviously we all had no idea that we'd be seven months into uh, this kind of new way of doing things. And, you know, for me, actually, as as a coach, I'm very grateful, um, the kind of coach I am, the work I do, I've, you know, I've supported a lot of people over the last few months. Um, you know, I specialize in helping people to make change. And, you know, if there's one thing everyone has had to do, <laughs> it's been make change. Yeah. So, it yeah, so it makes me think, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, it's um, okay. It makes me think I worked with a business this would have been, I think, March or February. And it was on change. It was like just a present. I was just like a paid presentation on change. And uh, I wasn't really thinking anything of it. I was just talking about like, you know, your business is going to face changes. 
And they ended up calling me in April and they were almost like, how did you know? <laughs> you know, and I was like, I, man, I, I have no idea, but you're right. I mean, we are all facing some ridiculous changes right now. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. I'm, you know, so, so everything from just personal change and how we handle, you know, something that I kind of consider myself a specialist in is, is how humans are actually designed to change. That's why I said, you know, I'm here to talk about how humans are designed to evolve. And yet our brains are wired to resist change. We really like for things to stay the same. We like for things to be comfortable. So on a personal level, everyone is having to make adjustments and learn how to do that. And then on a business level, you know, so many people either A, lost their job and need to really see it as an opportunity to, you know, maybe start that thing that, you know, you always kind of wanted to do and and didn't. So a lot of people are starting new businesses and also people that have existing businesses that maybe were very accustomed to just having in-person connections. Uh, you know, you run your whole business on referrals and networking and, you know, meeting people in person. And then here, you are having to convert a lot to an online world. And if it's not something you're comfortable with or familiar with, um, embracing that change and really learning how to have to talk about your business in a totally new way that you didn't have to before, you know, so a lot of change. And um, yeah, so So tell me, let's go back to something you said a second ago that I, I think it's an interesting dynamic. You So one thing you said that I would really agree with is that people are so resistant to change. I mean, and everyone, I'd say everyone has different appetites for change. I mean, some people, they like spontaneity and I don't even really mean, you know, what you do in your day, but like in terms of like the consistency you come to expect every day, you know, I, I, I know where the coffee machine is. I know when I press the button, the coffee's going to come out. And we, and when I say we all have different appetites, I think we all have different levels of how we respond to change. So if the coffee machine's broken, um, I'd like to think that as a mature person that I wouldn't probably flip out and cry. I probably would, but you know, we're, when that, when that rhythm gets interrupted, it feels like it's such a struggle. I want to, I want to dig into this because you also paired that with this comment on where we're actually designed for it. We're yeah. almost like we're, we're meant, we're meant to change. And so help me, help me understand those two sort of contrasting points. Yeah. So, you know, we're creative beings, right? I mean, we are, you know, innately, we are creative. We, we, we make things up. We, you know, we, we co-create our experience, um, whatever you believe it, you know, whatever your thing is, if you call it, you know, the divine or source or God or the universe, but we're here to create and we co-create our experience where, where nothing's happening to us. And, so, you know, we are designed for that. I mean, evolution is a thing, right? We're designed to shift and change. Like we keep improving. We keep making uh, making changes. We are designed to look at our experiences and use them for, you know, how we want to evolve into the next thing that we do. And yet, you know, we, um, we are, our brains compress around difficulty. This is like the way I describe it. When we are experiencing something that feels hard or struggle or difficult, or that's not going well, we obsess on it. You know, that's our brains completely. It's like we go into this zoom lens on this one thing that is really challenging us. And we all have had obsessive thoughts or, you know, we all have had that at some point. Um, And, 
we have to actually do certain things. This is why meditation and all of the mindset work that we, you know, that we know is out there and available to us exists because we actually have to have tools to take this very, very complex instrument, our brain that has emotion, that has intellect, that, you know, that has, um, that has memory. So it holds on to, you know, the past, we have beliefs, we have stories, all of these things that we accumulate. And it impacts our ability to, as you said, in a moment of challenge, the coffee machine breaks, or a pandemic hits, or, or we get fired, or someone breaks up with us, or, you know, anything that happens, that is either unexpected, or undesirable, or even if you did kind of want it, but now you're faced with having to figure out a whole new way to, you know, to be in the world. Um, we need tools for that, but we are designed to do it. Like we absolutely are designed to be able to reconfigure the way that we see things, the way that we are doing things and come up with something new. That is the very essence of what, of what creativity is, mm. you know, and I believe that that's what we're meant to tap into. We just need, sometimes we need a little help. <laughs> well, it's, it's, there's almost a little bit of a, um, uh, I don't know, like a hopefulness, like in, like, I think about how some of the challenges we face, cause, cause you know, again, not, I was talking to a group last night and we were talking about challenges that people have faced in the past because, because, and I, <laughs> I'm gonna do what even what I did last night. I don't want to discount what anyone's facing right now, but like, for example, when someone comes to me and they're like, life is so hard. You have no idea. I've had to watch Netflix all day. I'm like, okay, well, man, I don't, I don't know how hard that really was. Actually, I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that was, this was a few months ago, but it was like, um, one of the Kardashians, you know, ate Snickers and went outside without makeup. She's so brave. And someone who replied to it was, I live in Syria and this is what I needed to get through the day. So like, you know, you're like, yeah. okay, yeah. Like what we go through is really not that big. But my, my, my question I want to ask you is, why does it seem like as humans that are so durable and like you even mentioned, comp we're complex. There's obviously, there's so many, there's so much like, there's hope sort of like in this, like, um, like there's so much about us that is so cool. Like even the concept of memory that you mentioned, like, how does that even work? And yet some of the smallest things, it is so disruptive. Like why, why is that? Like, why, why are, why is it true that such small things can be such and not maybe, maybe not even disruptive, but the words you used, like so easy to focus in on and like compress in on, like, I love how you articulated that. What, what, why do we do that as people? You know, okay. So I have my theory and I do talk about this all the time. You know, I've, I've, I've been teaching yoga for 20 years and, and, and I don't consider yoga to just be uh, the, the poses, the physical practice, but, you know, I'm really someone who has studied the philosophy and the neuroscience. I mean, yoga is all about how our brains and our egos um, operate together, our mind and our ego and our true self. And one of the things that I've been teaching and talking about for many, many years, and, and I love to make it modern, is I say, we don't, ha we have to upgrade our operating systems ourselves. So our nervous systems hmm. were not designed to to have the amount of information and input that they receive now mm. uh, on such a regular basis. We were not built to be in real time witnessing information and news of 
and uh, both positive and negative. I mean, like the amount of tragedy that we experience in real time, whether it's in our own backyard or whether it's somewhere across the world, we watch fires burning down forests. We we see the aftermaths of her of of hurricanes and earthquakes. We see war. We see murders. And you know, over the last decade, two decades, the amount of information and the rapid you know, receiving of information, whatever you want to call it through social media. I mean, obviously, you know, this has happened first, there was radio and TV. But I think that, you know, what we now take in as human beings, I really don't believe that our nervous systems were really designed to be experiencing that. And so, you know, your phone or your computer, every once in a while, you get a notification, like, you know, you have to upgrade the operating system, it's 2.0 or 4.0, and you push a button, and, you know, you all of a sudden get more space, more memory, you know, you they, things that you don't need anymore are, you know, whatever you want to call it, discarded. And as human beings, we don't have a button to push for that. And so we have to do things. If we really want to be able to tap into everything that you just said, you know, we have, we have optimism, we have resilience, we have creativity, we have the ability to shift gears and do something different if something that we were doing before isn't working anymore. We have all of those, those, that capacity. But if your nervous system, your operating system is bogged down and heavy and if you if you've no more space, if your emotions are burnt out, if you are, you're not even able to respond with your compassionate, open-hearted self anymore because you're just fatigued. Like there's just nothing left. You have to do something. We have to do something in order to basically like, you know, whatever, again, whatever words work for you to, you know, to release what you don't need to hold on to anymore, to, to help your, your lens open up that lens that's gotten really, really focused. How do we widen the lens? How do we, how do we actually, you know, shift out of our, you know, first of all, our own experience sometimes, right? Like we, I always say, like, we make meaning of everything that happens, you know, we make it about ourselves. This is, you know, this is, I didn't make this up, you know, this is what the ego is. This is what Freud talks about. This is what, you know, all Eastern philosophy talks about. But, you know, you're, to answer your question, I really do t- think that it's this operating system overload um, and our nervous systems need, you know, we need to have ways that we, you know, calm our nervous system, that we shift out of that fight or flight, you know, that we shift out of uh, our response to everything constantly and that we learn how to restore and to rest and to, you know, release and it takes work, you know, it takes work to be successful and show up every day, especially, I mean, you know, I know our, our audience right now are a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs and, um, you know, people who uh, are trying to be successful, um, doing their thing and, you know, to be a leader, to, to show up every day in your business and to keep staying optimistic to grow, to keep being creative and coming up with like how you're going to, what are you doing next? Um, All of that requires tools that you, that you employ. There's lots of them. You decide what works for you in order for you to not basically just be accumulating, 
right? Every single day, more and more stress, more anxiety, more, you know, like, like thinking about what didn't go well yesterday. Oh, I tried that and I didn't get a good response. It didn't, I didn't make money on that. I didn't make it. No new clients came through. No one responded. I put something on social media. No one, no one cared, you know, and all of this builds up in us. So if we don't have ways that we, you know, that we learn how to wake up every day and, you know, be that leader, be optimistic, like be in choice, not see things as failure, learn from what happened yesterday and say, oh, what can I take from that? Okay, well, that didn't work great. So I won't do that anymore. But what am I going to do instead? Um, You know, we have to work on that. We don't just like automatically, it's not, it's not like some people get to be that and others just have to, you know, suffer with their like, you know, tortured mind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I so agree. I mean, I, we are so overly stimulated and it's, it's, it's weird. Like the level of both habit breaking and new habits that like I, even I'm finding myself in. Cause I I was trying to think about like, before I got my first iPhone, this would have been like, you know, uh, 2006, 2007. And I was trying to think about like, what did I do like during the day? Like, what did I I don't even know. And like, so my wife and I were trying this thing of, of not having the phone in the bedroom when we go to sleep. Yeah. And, and so I wake up and it's like this weird, it's like, what do I do? You know, it's like this, this weird, like, ah, uh, and it's, it's, I'm realizing like this um, habit of seeking stimulation. And I think you're so right. We're not, we're not built for it. We're not designed for it. I mean, we don't have the capacity to, to, digest all of it. And yet that it feels so good though, I guess, to follow that, to follow that, to follow the, the news cycle, the, you know, your favorite influencer, what have you, the latest, you know, Reddit. I I mean, there's so many things. Yeah. And some of that has to do with connection. Some of it has to do with fear of missing out. Some of it has to do, you know, just like you already used the word just with habit. Um, but you know, it's really interesting during this, you know, during this time. I mean, I, 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 as a coach, I help people with this, even not during the pandemic. But you know, something that I've I've coached a lot of people around is is exactly what you just said. If if you know that waking up in the morning, opening up the news, and seeing whatever it is, whatever you know, like the political thing or the fear based thing or the scary news about unemployment and everyone's losing their job, like whatever it is, if you know that waking up and having that be the very first thing that enters your consciousness is going to set you up for where I call it where you're at a deficit. And what I mean by at a deficit is you put yourself in a deficit and then it's even more difficult to pull yourself out of it and turn your day around, right? So if you're going to put yourself at a deficit, you know, that news is still going to be there a little later. So, you know, what if you didn't do that? What if you didn't use something that was going to take you below the baseline? What if you had a different, you know, if you actually identified that, you said, you know what, I know if I look at this, it's going to put me into this mood or this, you know, headspace. So I'm going to first wake up and I'm going to observe what headspace do I actually wake up in? Because I have, I hear people tell me all the time, I woke up in a, in a bad mood, or I woke up already feeling like it was going to be a bad day. And and I say, really, are you sure? Are you sure that when you first woke up, you were already in a, in a, you know, in a bad mood, or are you not even realizing that you, 
that you close that gap so quickly between you waking up and you taking in information that you missed the opportunity. You know, when we first wake up, especially how early you wake up, you know, I mean, a lot of the people I talk to, I mean, we're at times of our life where we don't sleep till, you know, 10, 11 in the morning, you're waking up anywhere between like probably 530 or, you know, 730 in the morning. And that time of day is a really expansive and creative time of day, actually. Like morning is one of our most, you know, like just energetically, it's a it's one of the more expansive times of day, by the time you hit noon, it is a very like kind of kind of active time of day, but the morning is not. And so, you know, there's this, there's an opportunity to wake up and use that time and all successful, successful people, like really successful people, you ask them what they do in the morning, they've got a, ma- a major routine before they start looking at email, they they do meditation, they do, mm-hmm. you know, they do their movement, or, you know, their exercise, or they write, or they journal, or they, they work on their creative project, like, Anyone who is especially a creative entrepreneur, you know, is doing that before they start letting in all of the other stuff. And it's a discipline. It's an absolute discipline. But it's also just a knowing that there's an opportunity there. And if you don't seize it and you let all of this stuff in, you are then having to struggle and fight to get back to where you'd like to be, to be in that in, you know, in your creative headspace, you know, I mean, when I'm not with clients, I don't, I actually don't know, Blake, how, like, what you do when you're not with clients, but I, I do a lot of, I have group programs, I have courses, I create a lot of content. And when am I going to do that? You know, it's like in between when I'm, when I'm with my clients, I have space where I need to be creative, I need to be able to, you know, to, to put out content that feels really in alignment. And if I'm, you know, if my brain is going, you know, crazy because of the news, I can't do that. And I'm not saying that, like, we we shouldn't be aware of what's happening in the world. But we have to know that there's sort of like a time and a place of how, where we choose to put our focus and energy and when is really, really important. Why does it seem like we're so, uh, I don't want to say like oblivious, but it almost feels like we're not again, for how complex, and again, when you, when you think about like humans as, as a like scientific creature, I mean, like the complexity of who it's, there's a lot that's impressive there. And yet, why does it feel like we, we struggle with the self, like you mentioned the, the story of the person, I just woke up in a bad mood and like lacking in the self-awareness. And we usually, when we talk about self-awareness, we think about like being hopefully, hopelessly naive. And I don't mean that it's like, it's, I'm talking about, um, being unaware of what you're, the cycle you're putting yourself into, unaware of the lack of disciplines that you have. You know, it's kind of like the person who, um, you know, they said they, maybe they've tried a new habit or they've tried to break a habit. They're like, yeah, I've tried 10 times. It just doesn't work. And that not really ever getting beneath the surface of, well, why didn't it work? Like, what am I doing? That's not conducive to that. Why does it feel like we're, I mean, do we just not talk about self-awareness enough or like, what is it? I think we don't talk about it enough. And I also think that that there there is, you know, there is a reality, which is that a lot of times we can't just do it in a bubble. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, you could even get an amazing book on how the brain works and on, you know, personal growth and development or, you know, and you could read the book. And that doesn't mean that you can also 
implement everything by yourself. So, you know, one thing that we know is that we need support, we need accountability. So we need whatever it is, whether it's a coach or a therapist, or, you know, whether it's an individual, or if it's a mentor, or if it's even a community, you know, I think that a lot of, um, a lot of people undervalue, you know, the importance of being in community with other, whatever you want to call it, like-minded individuals. And I know, like, there's forever people have been going to church and, you know, having, you know, those kind of communities where maybe you don't talk about like what you're real, what you're really going through. But I think having the community and the support where you do talk about it is really important. You know, listen, that's why we're, I think that's why part of why we're coaches, right? Is that we recognize the value of having, you know, another person who is there to help, help us kind of like draw out our why. Mm-hmm. This is also very important. Like when you want to make a change, you want to do anything. You want to be successful in your business. You want to change a habit. You want to stop doing something that's not working. You know you're it's not working and you want to do something different, but it's difficult. Um, you know, we need we need to have a really good reason for why we want what we want. And we need to allow ourselves to be connected to it. You know? It's pretty complex. I mean, you know, <laughs> desire for what we want and declaring it and going for it, yeah. that's huge. Well, I mean, think about January every year, you know, the, you know, New Year's resolutions and, uh, you know, and for me, I kind of joke like, all right, here's what I'm, you know, here's what I'm going to go ahead and just fail at. I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and pay for the gym membership, even though I know <laughs> <Right>. I'm not. <laughs> you right. know, so, but, but so, um, something else you just said that I think is really interesting. So I'm in the Bible Belt. So I go to church and we have like small groups and things like that. What I've observed, and you would think in, or maybe maybe you wouldn't think this. I mean, it depends on your upbringing. I mean, I, I would think that in a place with like-minded people spiritually, that you would feel more inclined to, I don't say air the dirty laundry, but kind of be open and honest. Like, hey, here's what here's some some challenges that I'm facing. Here's what's going on. What are some insights I can get? But what I have found is that even in those small group settings, people are resistant to really share. And I don't think it's just in like a, in a church small group. I think uh, the only point I was making is you would think this would be a safe place for people, but it's, it's not for a lot of people. And in many other cases, I think people are going through challenges and they're not, it's like, and I see this on social media, actually, with even business groups that I manage, you know, seeing people post online, people who they present a portrayal of their business when they haven't, like they, they are on the brink of bankruptcy. And it's like, if you just, if you just ask for help, if you just were open and honest, and is it, is it vulnerability? Is it ego? Like why, why are we? I think it's shame. I think it's, you know, I, I think it's, sometimes it's a feeling of shame. Sometimes it's, you know, a feeling of, you know, not wanting to seem weak. Sometimes it's even not wanting to admit failure because you don't want to, because, you know, you think you like, it's a, it's some sort of admission to yourself that you have, failed. Sometimes it's thinking that you're letting other people down. But you know, sometimes if you admit some sort of difficulty or whatever, it's this, you know, this thing that like, you've got family, you've got all these people, everyone is counting on you. There's it's again, I keep saying this, it's very, it's very complex. You know, what's really interesting is I think that in, in business with social media, 
especially depending on what kind of business you have. Um, I find that, and especially nowadays when people, there's so much on social media, there's so much, you know, people are, I have clients who are so worried that they shouldn't post anything on social media because they're like, people are, you know, it's saturated. People are tired of social media. And I'm like, well, it is your free marketing tool, right? I'm like, it is, it is something that, 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 you know, you do, you do want to use it because you're not, we're not going to, you don't have the money to invest in like, yeah. Paid ads <laughs> and paid ads don't work anyway for most people. So, you know, I, what I talk about them is I'm like, nowadays, having authentic and real messaging, and I'm putting up quote fingers for those of you listening, you know, I'm like messaging, meaning not something phony and like, you know, the, a message, but your messaging, like how you, how you reach your clients, how you reach your audience, how you share um, what you do has to be authentic and it has to, your story has to be part of it. You know, I'm not saying that everybody wants to get on social media and say, Hey, I'm going bankrupt. My business is failing. But I do think that, you know, that something that is very important, especially if you're a service-based entrepreneur, especially if what you do is the work you do involves really serving another individual. You help people, um, you know, you're in a service-based business. I really do think that relatability and authentic connection and resonance and having people see you as a real person is going to go so much further for you in terms of people wanting to reach out to you and and say, hey, I think I think you might be someone that that you know that I want to work with or that can help me and not putting up some sort of a big show of like how fabulous you are and how great everything is. And I actually don't think that that goes nearly as far as sharing your story, sharing your story and saying, Hey, it took me, took me five different incarnations of like, you know, X, Y, and Z before I finally got to what feels right and what is working and why, and why I'm now actually experiencing, you know, some degree of success or whatever. Yeah. And it feels like we like, we really like the story side of things. Like I want to be able to tell the story, but the story we tell or typically the story we see is, you know, something like uh, I was homeless. I was homeless and I was, you know, selling water bottles on the side of the street. And then now I have found the answer to scale your business to, you know, and it's like these very hokey, like, like, you're like, what? Like, how did you like, what, what's the disconnect there? And what's weird to me is, and I only say it's weird because it's such a it's such a stark difference with what I see on social media. I've had so many people on the podcast who run multiple businesses, who run multi-million dollar businesses. And what's so interesting to me is the similarities in their story, which is I I struggled and failed for five years and it was miserable. Or I had one guy on who has incredible business in Beverly Hills. And he was like, for literally for a decade of my life, it was like pure misery. But we don't, we don't always see that story. We don't always hear that story. And I think a lot of times when we're going through challenges, it's like, it's like oh, I want to be seen as successful. I want to be seen as having it all together. And I guess it's no different from human nature. I think we've probably always felt that way. But um, social media definitely hasn't helped, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, and it's a necessary evil, I think, you know, I I don't even want to say it's evil. I'm not one of those people that hate social media, you know, but, but I do think that, you know, um, it has become, especially in the online world, right? I mean, again, I think that many people are many 
of us are using the online space more than maybe we ever thought we were going to. I mean, like if you, if you said to me, you know, even 10 years ago, you know, when I, sorry, that's my cat. Um, When I opened, you know, I opened a brick and mortar, you know, 10 years ago, I opened a yoga studio in New York city. And, uh, and that was before, you know, it was right at the beginning really of, of, you know, Instagram had just started. And I really, before that, I never, would have been thinking that like it required um, using social media to expand your audience for your business. Like when I, you know, I, that's not how, what I thought when I first started that business. And um, you know, I think that over the last decade, the online space has become more and more of a combo of sort of just like social media, like for us to reconnect with our friends from elementary school, you know, and high school. And then also business. And, and now in the pandemic, I think that in the last seven months, you know, people are seeing social media as, you know, as a tool for business, because again, it's free, unless you, you know, decide to start trying to figure out the, (laughs) the total strange world of Facebook ads or whatever. And, you know, I do think that, that, um, that it can be, you know, it's an amazingly positive, uh, way of reaching more people because, you know, because it's there, it exists. And it's also um, confusing because, it, because it's hard to separate personal and business. And that's why I do think that, you know, that people who are, who use social media successfully uh, it, for their businesses are, are using it to make authentic and real connection which is not made by putting on some sort of, you know, like you said, going from those, those posts where people like, you know, I was homeless and now I work three hours a day and I make six figures, you know, like (laughs) really you work three hours a day. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and it's, 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 it's interesting. And I think people, I think entrepreneurial culture especially is, um, fall they fall victim to this this whole concept of um I, I I want the outcome without the any any of the actual work meaning um I you know how many entrepreneurs I talk to for example who they're so energized and excited and they're like maybe they just quit their job you know they're just like I, I quit my job I'm excited I'm ready to go and and you start you're like okay well you have to do this you're gonna do this and you're gonna do it and you need a business plan you're gonna do this you're gonna have to talk to these customers and you need to know if they even and you can you can like see like all hope in life coming out of the, like, you're just like, wait, I, 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 no, no, no. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And like, I talked to one guy who he was like, you know, I want to, cause I was like, what do you think entrepreneurship is? And he was like, well, you know, you get to sleep in as late as you want and no one tells you what you have to do. You know, you don't have to go see a boss and it's pretty great. And I was like, okay, well, that, I mean, that does sound great. I, I don't know if that's entrepreneurship. The point that I'm getting at is, you know, we have people who say, they're like, they're like, I want to be authentic, but then they're not willing to be authentic. Or it's like this, it's like the salesperson who says, I want to give value to you today, but but they didn't actually give you value. They're just using the other thing is they want to. I mean, look, I, this is something that 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 thing that you just brought up and we were talking about is one of the things that drives me crazy when people are out there putting out a message that you know you can make. I mean, look, maybe if you do something like maybe you sell, you know, some sort of a a product or whatever, maybe you can work a couple of hours a day and, 
you know, you've got this business where people are just renewing their products or something. But if you're truly an entrepreneur, so just to piggyback on what you're saying, I, you know, work with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, coaches. I coach a lot of coaches, health coaches and life coaches. And, um, and I, and I work with a lot of people who are, who are starting their businesses, starting their coaching or wellness businesses or service-based businesses. And here's the thing. And I, and I totally get this because this is coming from the, that, that the, a very good hearted place. I work with a lot of people who just want to do their work. They want to help people. They want to have clients. They want to have their calendar filled with coaching calls or with, you know, or just, or with projects that they've been paid for because they're so good at what they do and they're passionate about it. And they just want to get to do their meaningful work. And what's really difficult for them is when, and they're like, they're trying to transition, for example, they have jobs and they want to get their other business going so that they can make a smooth transition, right? where they want to replace their income while they still have their job. And very often I have to have these conversations with people where I say, I want to help you do that so badly. And there's a reality, which is that in order for you to have a successful business at what you want to do, there's many other hours that you have to have for your business besides just working with clients. Like you can't think of your business as only getting your calendar booked with client calls. There's all this other time that you have to invest (laughs) in your business. And I don't know, like you either are going to have to stay up like 24 hours a day, or you're just going to have to know that it's going to take a little bit longer. And I think that that's the really challenging part is the helping people understand that the amount of time you can invest in your business is going to have an impact on how quickly you see certain results, you know, and that's not a judgment. It's just sort of a a reality check. And I do think that entrepreneurship can be very tricky because you're the one making your hours. Mm -hmm. the, 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 The people who I know, I mean, I'm in masterminds and communities of other entrepreneurs. Um, I have my coaches, all of the people who are, I consider my peers who are successful and making a statement and have mission-based businesses who are thought leaders who really want to keep, I'm not even talking about growing financially. I mean, that's nice, but I even just mean like having impact, right? Everyone who, who I associate with wants to have impact, has a mission, a message that they really want to bring to the world, whether it's through TED Talks or like, you know, you with your podcast and want to write books or whatever, nobody's doing that by working like, you know, three hours a day. Like no one is like everybody, you know, I said to my coach, uh, I said to my coach at the beginning of this month of October, I said, I never want to have to redo August and September of 2020 again, because I launched my group program for business strategy and development, which I've actually done. Like this was the fourth time I'm running it but I've expanded it and I did a different approach to my launch. I tried to really expand my audience. I did a ton of master classes. I did a ton of webinars. I made content and assets that, you know, that I hadn't had before. And I had internet problems because of Zoom and COVID and because everybody's on Zoom at the same time. I had website issues because I have a membership area. I had so many things go wrong. I was up at 11 at night crying, like literally to my husband from exhaustion. 
you know, and, and I was working 20, you know, 18, 20 hours a day on a couple of those days to meet deadlines. And, you know, but it's all good. It's because it's, it's because I'm doing my thing. I mean, I'm doing my business, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's, it's important to share that, you know, like we're saying, like, it's not all easy. I'm not just waking up and being like, Oh my goodness, today I have a podcast interview and three clients and it's going to be a great day. I mean, it is going to be a great day, but I also might have to be doing all of this other stuff that's not going right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) feeling like, you know, I mean, there were many times when I started like, freaking out and saying to my husband, I'm losing people from the webinar because they go to my website to sign up and it's broken, you know, and I was freaking out. (laughs) Uh, You know, and I love your honest perspective. I mean, I think, I think that's good for entrepreneurs everywhere to hear and just business owners to hear the, because I, because I think people who are out there right now who are doing it, like actually growing it, like they're listening to you thinking like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I like retweet, I know that, you know? And so we need more of that, I think. Um, Stacy, we're we're unfortunately I'm looking at the clock. We're unfortunately out of time. This conversation blew it just blew by. It, it flew past. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit. I want to give you a little bit of time to promote whatever it is you're working on. Um, how can my audience follow up with you? How can they connect with you? Engage with you? What does that look like? Yeah, awesome. So, um, you know, I basically we didn't get to this, but I you know, consider myself as having two major ways that I help people. They connect. One is one is mindset and the other is business strategy. And so, you know, I have two systems. One is called Evolve and the other one is called Serve. So I help people make change. I help them get into the right mindset to be able to create new businesses and be successful. And then also a service-based business strategy of all organic, authentic um, strategy that I've developed. And so, you know, I do both of these things. I work one-on-one with people and I also have group programs. So I have a mindset and yoga program as well as a business strategy program. So that's all on my website, but I'm very excited because for your audience, I would really love to invite people to come to a special page on my website that we'll share. It's www.stacybrassrussell.com forward slash good advice this podcast name. And what they're going to find there, Blake, is our two two resources. One, I have a what I call an expand and attract meditation. So we I'm so glad we talked about that morning situation of waking up and being like, what should I do instead of looking at the news? So one, I am giving uh, a meditation that I created for my clients that were telling me that their days were being basically hijacked by what they do in the morning. And this is a meditation that I've created that is all about how to get into the right mindset to then go forth and be successful in your business for the day. And the other resource that I'm going to give, and I'm really excited about this, is what I call Stacy Seven Messaging Styles. So we've also been talking about authentic ways to share your message and talk about what you do. And one thing that I learned very early on was how many people just go on social media and say what they do, right? They basically say, hi, I'm a coach. Do you want a free discovery call? Or they go on social media and just give a lot of facts. Like, did you know how many people eat too much sugar and, you know, end up with diabetes? And so I have, you know, created something that I, that I share now, which is seven different important ways that you create content and messaging. And so I'm also going to give that to this audience. So 
Um, two awesome resources, one for mindset and one for business strategy. And um, and then there'll be other ways that people could continue to find me and hopefully maybe join one of my group programs. Give the, uh, the URL one more time. It's www.stacybrassrussell. Uh, so my name is S-T-A-C-E-Y-B-R-A-S-S-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com forward slash good advice. All right. Love it. Stacy. it's been so wonderful talking to you today. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, for our listeners, what the heck you waiting on? Go to that URL, stacybrassrussell.com slash good advice. I'll put the link down in the episode description below. Also, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, shame on you. You got to get subscribed so we can keep giving you good advice wherever you're at. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Hey, we're on Patreon. You got to check us out, patreon.com slash good advice. If you want to support the podcast, continue to bring awesome guests and awesome episodes all across the world to our audience. As always, thanks for your support. We so appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Good Advice. See ya.